All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children all ages, uh, we're back. It's been a while. Uh, we've been gone to Canada, but welcome back to another episode of my Drunk Uncle's Podcast here at the Hide Your Mom Studios at Giorgio's second room in his house. I uh, got a great, great, great uh, transgression in, in store today. We're going to have a grand old time. We got a Hollywood movie star on our hands, but we'll get back. We'll get that to in a fucking second. First off, let's talk about what's really going on. Bobby, what in the fuck are you wearing, dude? <laughs> you gave me this shirt this morning. No. I woke up on your couch. I don't know how I got to your house last night, but I woke up there and I wasn't in your bed. That's one good thing. But yeah. I was asleep yeah. on the couch with fucking Bo, fucking Maverick's fat dog. That fucking obese creature. You weren't wearing that shirt when you woke up, were you? No, no, no. We put it on this morning. No, but I, was, uh, I woke up naked. So he, <laughs> like, he fucking came out of yeah, his room. I'm playing weird, the guitar bro. naked, and this motherfucker walks out of his room naked. I'm like, well, yeah, it's a weird combination. Some caveman boys. But listen, uh, good news, everybody, <laughs> uh, out in the podcast world. Uh, Bobby has quit ketamine. Like, can we talk about it? Yeah, yeah. I'm giving it a few days off. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, a great guy. He's got it. Uh, Gary Faust, you're here. Uh, happy to see you. Haircut looks terrible. But uh, how are you feeling? I'm totally sober. That's it, huh? Yeah, I'm just warming up. Dude. I got two hours of sleep last night. Is that because Mama Faust is visiting? The yeah, you brought no, your mom no, to the no, studio no. today. I brought my mom in to just because she was like, I just want to see how, how you guys do it. So, you know, she's in town for a couple of days. She's um, but no, I'm sober because... Uh, you know, I was just looking at you guys the other day when we were out. And yeah, like, no one cares. Damn. Anyways, Bobby, back to you. <laughs> yeah. uh, what's this guy doing? Wearing a bacon fucking, yeah. what is that, a Jordan Haynes? What is that? What, what kind of shirt? I thought you did the undershirt. Got this at Target. Yeah, you are a Target. Yeah, dude, I don't know. Maybe drink a beer and loosen up or something. Yeah, dude, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? Are you I'm trying to get my life together, man. Yeah, well, do it on your own terms. we got a podcast <laughs> to run here, Bob. Yeah, dude, get a haircut another day or something. Now, let's get to it, though, uh, shitting on everybody. Listen, my Drunkles podcast will be found on Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, all this shit. Any other Apple ones that want to YouTube, whatever. Anyways, just Google my drunk uncle. Just, uh, just look it up. We'll come. Just Google me. How about that? But uh, <laughs> we got we got a great episode in store today. Gary, you got the docket ready? I got the docket, docket ready. ready. All right. Well, no. Without further ado, this next guy, absolute fight, probably the biggest superstar I've had in the studio, huh? Easily. 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 That's not saying a whole lot. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for fucking Klein Crawford, baby. It's Klein Crawford. Klein, I know it's gonna fuck. I, that's why. I, I, like I said, I need to learn how to read, my guy. Okay. So I was not, okay. and I have terrible memory. But uh, how are you, bubs? Thanks for coming. <laughs> thanks for coming. We are fantastic. Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. Thanks for coming by. Uh, Ross from Dream Bro Studios, like, yo, my boy's coming to town. Y'all, y'all like. Uh, we went to school together. How do y'all know each no, other? No, but we met in Los Angeles in what I don't know, 22, 23 years ago. Oh shit! Okay. Oh yeah. Damn, so dude, how old are you? I didn't even think you're that old. I'm forty five. Wow. You look wow. good, Gary. Yeah, you look older than him. I've had a, love, look... a rough life, dude. Yeah. Thanks for reminding <laughs> me, man. <laughs> yeah, you look like you look uh, like a hard forty eight. Last fucking podcast I ever did. Yeah, he did a movie with my at that time this chick I was dating and. Uh, you know, he said something about Hardee's and NASCAR, and two things you don't hear a whole lot in Los Angeles. Is Hardee's and NASCAR. Because y'all are from Alabama, right? He's from Georgia, I'm from Alabama. Okay, but from the South, you know. South you know there's right. beautiful women from both of those states, dude. Some of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. Not because I've been there, but because I've seen them come to Austin. I just wanted to say that, because y'all are all good-looking people. Oh, that's very sweet of you. I yeah. think it's, uh, you know, look, it's a, I, I love the Southeast. Um, I love the East Coast, but just there's something about down there. I, I don't know if it's the kindness, it's the, the food. Southern hospitality. Bruh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, just beautiful mountains and rivers. And, you know, I live on a farm out there. Uh, oh, so, no shit. Yeah, we How many acres you got? A 50. It's just a, a little farm, you know, but it's, um, we'd been in LA, you know, for 20 years. And my wife and I started having kids. And, 
like, this is just not how it's going to work. Yeah. You know, I wanted them to kind of grow up in a similar fashion that I did and kind of playing in creeks and, you know, going dove hunting in the fall. Fuck yeah. College football, you know, I'm a big yeah. Alabama fan. So, and I had both grandparents that were still around. Um, and, you know, my grandfather served in World War II. And it was just, so I wanted them to kind of have experience that culture. And, uh, yeah, man, so we moved out there and... I don't know. We bought the farm in 2010, and then when um, COVID hit, we've been there permanently, and I can't see us going anywhere else. Yeah, dude, why not? Well, is it, it's in Alabama. It's in Al It's right outside of Birmingham. Nice. About, nice. So I'm a 30 minute, you know, drive to the airport. But now, you know, with COVID, it fucked everything up. There's oh, no yeah. meetings anymore. Everyone's on goddamn Zoom, which I don't know what happened to telephone calls. Why, why we have to see one another? Yeah, it's fucking weird. I'm dude. like, I'm like, guys, we're, it's like, hey, so we're gonna go over the budget. I'm like, perfect. Like, here's the Zoom link. I'm like. Why the fuck do I need to see you? Yeah, no, yeah. Just run the numbers. That's why I left. You That's know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? What the fuck? <laughs> well, your main form of communication, this dude FaceTimes me at all hours of any Yeah, but that's because we're, we're best pals. Yeah, but you'd FaceTime everybody, though. wants to see that good-looking face. That's what he's saying. No, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. My earbud on my phone is fucked up, so I can't hear anything you're saying. <laughs> okay, that's what it is. It's just like a necessity type <laughs> thing, guys. I don't want to do it. I just can't hear you. You know? He's, Hell. Like, he's talking to people from all over the world booking gigs on FaceTime. Yeah, well, That's fantastic. You know. But, okay, let's get into it. So you got the farm. How long you been into acting? When did you get started? Tell me the whole come up. So I don't know if... Uh, look, man, I was I was a dumb kid in Bama, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. School wasn't really my thing, and you know I was an athlete growing up, and I knew I, I didn't I wasn't big enough to kind of transition into college. Nor did I think I I could get through four years of, of uh, classrooms again. So I, I didn't really have a path, but I um, I have family members that are attorneys, and I kind of thought maybe law if I was going to kind of go down that path. Uh, so I was in a debate class, and this teacher, she said, um, and me and a buddy of mine, who's now the head coach of Georgia Tech, Brent Key, mm. we're sitting in the back of the class, and we fucking just trying to get through that class. And, and she was a great teacher in that she could see who you really were inside, right? She wasn't one of those teachers. She loved her job. Fuck so yeah. she truly wanted to make an impact on your life, and especially the ones that were in the back trying to smoke a cigarette out the window kind of thing, right? Yeah. So she says, we're going to do improv. And we're like, I didn't know what the fucking problem was. And she goes, it's, it's essentially, there's going to be topics in debate that you do not have a, an emotional attachment to. So you have to fucking pretend, essentially, right? And um, so she goes, you guys are going to get up, and I'm going to give you a topic. <clears throat> and you guys are going to kind of act it out. And I was like, that's fucking... And I couldn't wait to make fun of people. And she's like, <laughs> Crawford, key, let's go. And we're like, fuck. So we get up there, and I forget what the, uh, the sketch was like. We're supposed to be doing this workout, you know, like in the field house or something. And um, after class, and also in the moment, I will say this. In the moment, something clicked. Yeah. I went from walking down the aisle, judging everything. And I turned around, and we started doing stuff. And when the class reacted... You're like, something some, lit. The light went off. Here. There's something here. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah. like eating steak for the first time. You're like, oh, that was different than a hamburger. Right? Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, different yeah. than, I don't know. Something clicked. And then after class, she goes, you've got to do this. And I was like, and to me, she might as well said, I need to go to the moon. It just didn't make sense, you know. This and moment. how old were you at this point? You're what, 17? 18? 18? So 17, you're, you're 18. a senior in high school. I'm, this is it. She knows I'm wrapping it up. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, you got to go to Hollywood. And I was like, you've lost your mind. Fuck. And she goes, you've got to figure something out. And then she kept trying to get me to do plays, but it was always coincide with like football or wrestling. And and I, and I just I didn't want to. I, I love. I didn't want to quit sports. And um, yeah, then she pushed me to find this lady who was in Birmingham doing like a little modeling thing, like you know the shitty modeling agencies that yeah. people go pay to be in. And so yeah. I go, and she kind of pulled me to the side after a couple of nights, and she goes, "What do you really want to do?" And I said, "I don't know, but I think I need to be an actor." Is what 
you know, my teacher told me, and she's like, she had me start doing scenes in the class, and she shifted the class to more of an acting class. Her name's Sherry Graves. My teacher was Simona Herring. And um, she fucking, after a couple weeks, said, I've got a friend that lives in L.A. He manages an apartment building. Pack your shit and get out of here. What the fuck? That's awesome. Dude, yeah. I was That's scared. That's fucking surreal, dude. That's an awesome teacher to have. Like, yeah. There are awesome some ladies, like man. Yeah. They had no... I was paying this lady to be... She could have just let me go through the class like everybody else. Just Basically, they were just making money. It's one of those people kind of bullshit... People. people helping people. That's Bro, beautiful. she go... And I mean, look, she introduced me to this guy, and yeah, I moved out there. And look, I was terrified because I genuinely didn't know, but it was one of those things, first time in my life where... I felt like a tether to my gut that was pulling me in a direction and my mind couldn't make sense of it, but like my heart or my soul or whatever it is that we connect to was like, you gotta just trust it. So I told all my friends, knowing if I fucking said it out loud, I'd have to do it. So I said, told all my friends I'm moving to LA. And then without even knowing when, they were like, when? I was like, March. And I packed up and drove out there and then just started kicking it around, man. Fuck yeah. yeah. Figuring it out, <coughs> lying a lot, you know, making up fake resumes. Oh yeah, always. <laughs> you know, yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. "Where'd you go to school?" I'm like, "This beautiful acting school Harvard. in Birmingham." Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't know if you heard of Yale. There's yeah. this gorgeous in my. So I just uh, no, yeah. that's you got. My daddy always told me you gotta uh, just give me to the door. Like curiosity killed the cat, not hesitation. You know what I'm that's saying? It. Like bow, bow, bow. So yeah, that's the way to go. Yeah, man. Uh, but when did it, uh, so how long were you, when did it, when did you get your first big, I guess, break is the way to transition? I mean, there's a lot of, that's the thing within, with acting, there's like a lot of big breaks, unless you're someone like Tom Cruise or like more, a more recent person like a Timothy Chalamet. It's a process, right? So for me, I got out there, I get this, this, I make up a fake resume, uh, that I've made these movies, right? These fake movies and did, I put some theater in there, which I'd never done anything and, uh, get my headshot done. And I submit it to, at this time, you go buy a book at Samuel French, which was like the agent book. And it had every single agency in town and an address and names and phone numbers. So you just start putting these kits together at Kinko's, you know, making the pictures and like cutting the paper and stapling it all and put it in there. And you're writing a letter, you draft up this letter and it's just like, hey, I'm so-and-so looking for representation. And I submit a hundred of these shit, dude. Hustling. Oh, it's a process. Hustling. It's the 96, right? When yeah. I'm out here doing this. Damn. I got a pager and a fucking fold-up map, you know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> yeah. so yo, so you're like putting it together, and this lady, Ruth Deverin, she was 86 years old, she had an agency deep in the valley, uh, out by Casa Vega, uh, uh, past Burbank, and um, she's like, hey, come on in, I came in, and I remember she got me an audition for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I fucking, my pager goes off, and I'm playing basketball in Venice, and it's like, you gotta be there in an hour, and I'm like, holy shit. Oh, fuck. And I got curly hair, so when you're playing, you know, yeah, playing, you're frizz, bro. I'm, I'm a big up. fro, right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I got the Anglo going, and and I'm like, oh my God, I gotta go to this audit. So I go in my fucking shorts and t-shirt, and I go in and I read, and I get a call, and they're like, you booked it. This is like the first audition I've ever gone on. Yeah. And I go, this is gonna be a cinch. You know, like, I gotta figure it out. And uh, I get to set. So it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I realize when I get the script, though, I'm only in the first two pages, the teaser. I'm like, no, fuck. So I get to set, and then this dummy, this guy, this crew guy is bringing in this dummy. And it has this huge afro. And it's like this, it looks like a mummy. And it's holding this weird plate. And it's like, we're, we're in this, uh, they've designed it to where it almost feels like a museum. And I go, oh. And he go, I go, I think that's me. He goes, yeah, we've been trying to use this fucking thing for like six months. <laughs> And at that moment, I realized, oh, fuck, I came into the room, and they just cast me based off my hair. Because your hair, they're trying to It had nothing to do with how I acted. <laughs> and in this episode, it's called Ink and Mummy Girl. 
uh, and I'm literally like some dumb shit, this kid named Rodney Munson trying to steal this ink and plate, you know, out of this, I'm a high school kid, you know, trying to steal this plate and it breaks and she sucks the life out of me. Right. And, uh, nice. all of my dialogue is dubbed and it's not me, right? They didn't even pay to bring me in there to do my ADR, right? They just had some guy. They just paid for your hair. Yeah. So it's like paging Mr. Herman, Mr. Herman, you know, the whole, yeah. Dude, so that was my first gig, man. Awesome. <laughs> so, you know, you're humbled real quick. Yeah, no, I got it. I cinched up. I got it. I'm here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then I don't think I worked again for like two years. You got typecast because <laughs> you got a curve. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. I love so, it. Yeah, man. Yeah. And then it's just a journey. You know, I did a little movie called A Walk to Remember. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I did like these teen that. things, like Swim so Fan. Sad. Yeah, so, <laughs> so sad. sad. That's what Mandy Moore, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, me. I did a lot of teen stuff. And then I was like, I wasn't enjoying that that process very much and then I just kind of started doing indies and I just bounced around man you know and then found TV and I thought I loved that because I was able to kind of go home to my kids at night I was yeah. like oh this is nice uh, go home to my family and I'm not away for six months but then TV wasn't really kind of what I thought it was when I got to the point where I felt I was at my height yeah and um, and then I kind of switched and went back to doing indie film and you know the last five years has been like you know Sundance and Tribeca and I've uh, we have some films coming out in the fall and uh, just trying to you're always just kind of rediscovering it yeah, yeah man yeah, yeah. You those, know? Are good, those are the good movies now though dude yeah cause that, that's the thing with cinema now cinema's all just remakes and fucking Marvel movies like yeah, there's no dude. actual anything it's in the theaters isn't like it's just very, not very original it's not very original it's just, like it just feels I don't think I, the last time I went to an actual movie theater was probably like 6 or 7 years ago the ads are like so like an actual now. sit down movie theater like it just so let me ask you this. When did you start going by Clayne? Because that's a stage name. Clayne is, like, I'm right in the very beginning. So, like, my name is William Joseph and um, William Joseph Crawford. And um, everyone calls me Joey growing up. And I just didn't feel like Joey was a name. And I couldn't even, I, I also, you don't have a lot of confidence that you're going to become a successful actor when you yeah. move out there from your tiny town in Alabama, right? Mm. So for me, I wanted to kind of, I wanted to hold my name that was also my grandfather's name and like cherish it and make sure that it, if this didn't work out, I could, I could still just kind of continue on with whatever my journey was. Right. Um, and one of the first Crawfords in my family, my grandmother was a big historian and, uh, her, 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 the lineage of our, of our people was very important to her. And, um, clan Crawford was actually the first one that came to this country. And I just didn't think clan, <laughs> Uh, being from Alabama <laughs> was a really stick. good idea. I didn't think it would be a good idea. So Might not be a good look. It yeah. just it seemed uh, like yeah. it would be kind of teetering on uh, inappropriate. So, uh, And I'm from a little town called Clay. And I just felt that's the guy that came here. This is the this is where I came from, you know. Mixed and I just said Clayne, and it sounded like a fucking chain hitting the side of a barn. And I was like, you know what, Clayne Crawford. And I was yeah. like, fuck yeah, you know. And then that was it, man. So and there's I some real it. meaning behind That's your good, your yeah. stage name. I wanted it to have meaning, yeah. you know. And I didn't want it to just be, you know, Leonardo. It'd Crawford. be something stupid like Uncle Laser, Bobby you know, Flacco, or something. Or I don't know. These Faust. are kind of great. Gary Faust. <laughs> I'm going by <laughs> Scary Gary now. No, you're, you're Larry. Not rebranding, dude. You're, scary you're, Gary. You're lawsuit Larry. That's who you are. <laughs> Court case Gary. Court case Gary, dude. Yeah, I got a lot of everything. I have is all. Uh, it's all negative. I, I wish I would have come up with something like that. He comes here straight from court every time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it, again, you know, you look at it, you're told from a very, uh, the moment you get out there that it's, you're a brand, you're a product. So well, you, let me ask you, you this, think so. of it in those terms. Like if you're sitting on a shelf, what am I grabbing? You know, and 
I, Joey Crawford just didn't seem like a product I would have wanted to play. Let me ask you this, though. Just from being, like, from the South like that, and I was pretty similar growing up that same way. Like, when you get out to a fucking industry like that and, like, a network of people like that, that probably ain't seen someone, like, of your kind or, like, where you're from in a long time. Do you kind of do get typecasted or stereotyped in a certain type of way? Or is there any kind of – or are you, like, a rarity because you're out there and they're not used to it? Or how does that all transpire and fall in? You know, that's a good question. Um, there's not a lot of guys that sound like us on TV. That's what I'm saying. And, and that's I've, – I've always – I didn't know if they looked – if they shunned that kind of thing. They or maybe do. Maybe back then. But I, I don't know now it's kind of getting more diverse with everything. Hell, the Little Mermaid's black. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're they're opening <laughs> they're opening different things now. You see a lot yeah. more stuff. But I bet, like, back in the <laughs> late 90s like that, like, it, like, I don't remember anybody that talked like us or where we're from, like, was on. I, I mean, outside of the In the Heat of the Night, right? Yeah, that's, you know, that's literally Andy about Andy Griffith, it. maybe, which, yeah. which, which definitely didn't sound like the people where I was where, from. Yeah, no. No, right, no. you know, guys like Theo Vaughn are, are kind of coming in, and I think he said it best. Where I think it's actually more challenging now after the last administration. Um, oh yeah, I didn't even think about you, that. They immediately think that wherever you're from, that this is your politics. That you know, Christianity is a, is kind of frowned upon in, in Los Angeles as well. Right. And and so definitely being from the South, you're somewhat labeled. And for sure, I have been the bad guy on every fucking CBS <clears throat> really? procedural show yeah, that I, has I, ever been fucking made, right? I was going to ask that. So yeah. it is, I had to start, that's why I had to go do these really small indie films because I didn't have, either I was going to be the, the, the redneck dick, right? And I was going to play the same thing over and over again, which you can make a good living at that. And, or you can take a chance and go do these smaller films where you can kind of build a portfolio of work and you can grow as an actor. Um, and that's kind of the route that I've been trying okay. to take, you know, but a hundred percent, they want to put you into the box and I, and I don't know if they want you out there again. There's not a lot of shows. I mean, you look at what Taylor Sheridan's doing for Paramount Plus. Oh it's why God. he's having so much success is he, not only does he write for the, for the interior of this country, but he lives within the interior. He lives the, in this he's state. He's middle-class America. And he's the guy like this guy. Yeah. He's out there fucking branding his cows. He's working with his yeah, animals. He's, in like, the, he's, he's real. the guy. It's raw. It's, it's real. Raw. And I think that's why he's had such the impact because to find to work your way through the noise where there's so much content out there and for him to have created Yellowstone which in my opinion is the biggest thing since Dallas in yeah. the 80s oh, 100%. okay 100%. and that was when there was only four channels on yeah you think about the amount of content and when I'm flying through the airport I'm, I'm watching a 17 year old girl watch it on her phone and an 82 year old man watching it his fucking laptop connects. it Bro, resonates it resonates like you said that's unbelievable there's nothing that has had that kind of reach yeah and it, it's just a testament to him again taking into consideration his audience and I'm not sure Hollywood always does that it's too much of a and even more so now it's really a political game and it's just unfortunate because it shouldn't be in the way of storytelling making it fall apart though to a degree that's why a lot of independent stuff is getting bigger I don't think it's falling apart I think what it's done is expanded and I think sure. that's and now we as the we are the consumers are controlling the content more than ever before yeah right because we're the ones that can say it doesn't matter if we have a big release you put it on iTunes we're gonna blow it up well yeah. that's kind of what I was gonna say is that there's a lot of independent productions putting stuff on streaming services now and pretty big production companies that might involve politics more with their films well you can't even afford to get it into the theaters right yeah, you're competing with these massive yeah, IPs it's a lot. and it's just super ch I mean we've had I've had one that I made and oddly enough we shot it in in 2019 I shot it for 30 grand okay we That's took this film, bro took this film to Sundance sold it to Neon and Hulu and they did a worldwide release 
that's such a like that just doesn't happen anymore like usually you have to rely on the streamers um but neon was just they were having the success from parasite so that you know they just won the oscar that year so they had the resources to be able to kind of right, push our right, little right, tiny right. film um it blew it up but i don't think it matters how we get our content i mean look i love theater because it's a communal experience sure uh, it's like sitting around the campfire uh with no distractions you know it's just you and the in the story but we consume content in so many different ways now, and I think that's what's exciting, is that it's opened the market up, and now with, look, look at this equipment that we're using. Look at where we are. Anybody can have, do you it, You could really. not have done this but 10 any, years yeah, ago, yeah. Man, 20 but years any, ago. Even anybody, anybody and their mom that could, you know, like you can. It, the, are you taking shots at me right now? Oh, no, but that was good, dude. Yeah, no. Yeah, actually, yeah, you and your mom you can leave. Can go but, into business together yeah, and start yeah. a podcast doing your attic. <laughs> in your yeah. garage. Called Blowjob Studios. Yeah. Blowjob Blow Studios, Blow and that's Porter's why you can't have your key back. Off. I mean, it happens. <laughs> They no. did. They did actually use uh, use the blowjob headquarters stuff against me in court. They rolled in a fucking VHS, like TV, like when you're a substitute teacher and you like have the kids play and put a tape in all the shit he'd said on the podcast. He kept saying there was a disclaimer, but I knew this that is, wasn't on, real. This is real life. This is real life. This is true story. This is Gary Faust. It's Gary Faust. It's Gary Faust in the flesh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? Um, so, on, what are you gonna do, dude? So you uh, you wrestled and played football in high school. Yeah. yeah. Did, did anything that you learn playing those sports add or subtract from your, oh, your wow, acting? Here. We're really good. Look at it. They did the docket. Look at it. Huh? I, don't, I, don't know if it, I don't know if it relates to actual performing. Right. Well, okay, no. I'll change that. I'll say um, in many, many ways, just sticking with the team. You know, I was on a team once that we lost, you know, when I was in junior high, we, 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 we only won one game, right? And it was like the school of the deaf and the blind, right? So <laughs> it, we, we were awful and and, sti- and I wanted to quit so bad. And my dad, you know, he just, he was like, he, he, you don't quit anything, right? You gotta see it through. And um, I think that kept me, cause you wanna quit this industry so bad. Uh, so often I wanted to, so many times I wanted to just walk away. And um, I kind of had that instilled in me that you got to finish what you start kind of thing. And if they run me out, then they run me out, but I'm not going to walk away from it. Um, And then as it relates to my work, I will say that I can watch on the day, because I have a very difficult time uh, like watching a finished product of a film simply because I feel like I judge my performance and then I go and and I kind of alter what I might do, especially if I'm working on a film and I go and watch something I made a year ago. I might go back to work the next day and And I'm self-editing, right? I'm judging what I'm doing, so that's tough. But now if I'm on set, um, and as it relates to to sports, like, you know, with, with football, you can watch tape and if you watch tape enough, you can go out on Friday nights and light up, and you have a ball, and the game just flies by. Same with same with performing. If you've done your if you've done your homework and you understand the material inside and out, and who you are in this story and how it relates to the bigger picture, you show up to set and there's never nerves. You're like, yo, let's just go. You're prepared. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. that allows me to then go after a take. I can go with the monitor, and I can watch playback and go. Oh shit! Let's go one more time. All I got to do is look down instead of make that whole thing. I'll just look down. In the you're audience. self-aware in yourself. You can yeah, you yeah. can self-edit yeah. in the in moment. In the moment, and yes, make a better without product. judging it yeah. because and it's it's different. I don't know. I feel like when you watch it, there's nothing you can do about it at the end. So for some reason, I judge it differently. But yeah, to answer your question, I think sports. Look, I try to get my kids involved in in sports and music just because I think both of those things just build so much character oh, as it relates to tenacity. Hundred percent. Right? Yeah. Hundred percent. What up? Uh, some of the bigger sets you've been on, is it 
I just got it like, you know, he's your lethal weapon, right? So what would you say is your biggest movie to date or the one that you think, which one was the most intimidating by, by those means? Like what, what really was like, Oh fuck. Like I'm in this. Like, you know, I think when I did the great raid, which never ended up doing anything, uh, it was a little film directed by John Dahl, but he had just directed rounders. I don't know if you're familiar with that. that Bro. So he had just finished rounders and, um, this was based on the baton death March. Um, and Tom Cruise at the same time was trying to get, another film made based on the book called uh, Ghost Soldiers, but it's basically the um, uh, World War II, the Bataan Death March, um, when uh, the Japanese had kidnapped uh, a huge platoon of American soldiers and had them in these, uh, these prison camps, and it was when essentially the Army Rangers were formed. And it was the great, it's still the greatest extraction of uh, American military hostages of all time. Incredible story, okay, it took place in the Philippines. Um, yeah, John Dahl directing Miramax was producing, which at the time was when you wanted a quality yeah, film, it was yeah, Miramax, was, right? Yeah. We had Joseph Fiennes, Connie Nielsen, uh, James Franco, uh, Sam Worthington, uh, Max Martini, um, Benjamin Bratt, just an insane cast. So that to me was, right at first, was pretty intimidating. And it was probably a hundred and $120 $20 million film, and that was in 2002. That's a far cry from $30,000. Oh, goddamn. And, and again, that was in 2002 because it was right after 9 11. Um, and over in Australia at that time, the American dollar was double. So it was really like a $200 million film. And, you know, we're there for six months making that movie. So I'd, I'd never spent that much time away, I'd never played a character for that long. Um, so that was super intimidating for sure. Yeah. But nothing, it never released? Or never Man, it, you know, what happened was it was during that acquisition between Disney and Miramax, and it was one of those films like Brothers Grimm. I don't know if you ever saw that film yeah. with, with yeah. Matt Damon and yeah. uh, Heath Ledger. It was one of those films that just kind of fell away. It actually gained a cult, uh, cult following, but The Great Raid just never, nothing ever happened with it. And it's a great little film, but it just, they put nothing behind it. And literally just, I think it was in theaters for a weekend, and they pulled it right back out. Really? So they can just pull a movie from the fucking files, huh? Well, that explains the Shazam with Sinbad as the genie instead of Shaq. Oh, please. God, here we go. Please. Please. It's the Mandela not, effect. I'm serious. Please. That's what Are you familiar with the Mandela effect? Yeah. Not familiar with oh, Mandela Bobby, effect. please enlighten him then since you want to go on this fucking table. Well, no, because he's literally just said that's the fucking proof that you can literally just, people can see something he's and then wrong. it's gone from they the did fucking it with, They just did it with Batgirl. So, yeah. It just happened. The so, Mandela effect is essentially... The idea that there's... That things have happened differently because different people remember different things, but a, other people will argue that people are manipulating what happened there's in the a, past. There's a big fucking big underground conspiracy. thing that slams atoms together. Forget the fucking... Oh, the, the CERN. The, the CERN. Well, that's, that's too but, 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 but they think they split atoms and split time at some point, and now, like, because you remember, like, Jeff... Yeah, we're Jeff, getting into it, man. Jeff Peanut Butter had two Fs. Now no, it, it had has, one F. Or only had one F, but, but here's I the, remember it having two Fs growing up. The end-all, so, be-all here is the Berenstain Bears. That's the one. Do you remember how they spelled that? Was it with an E or an A? Berenstein or Berenstein or Stain? I should know this because my kids just, we just went through these books. I have no idea. Because if I remember, we got it all wrong when we were looking it up. He's looking it up right now, but. But yeah, that's what, so you've never heard of the Mandela effect, huh? I have. You know, it originates from uh, Mandela, the guy from South Africa. People thought he was dead. And uh, he was actually in prison the whole time. But a lot of people thought it remembered him being killed publicly. And, so there's like you know a massive number of people have this psych psychological bear in interesting 
See, that's the one I remember right there. That's the, on the fucking left? yes. The oh. left is the Stain. one that I fucking remember. Yes. Yeah, so do I. The one on the left is the one I remember. I see. I remember Stein, Baron Stein bears. I remember it with an E. I there wonder if it's because on the right it's the Simpsons. It is the Simpsons. Yeah, it looks like <laughs> Simpsons <laughs> predicting the future. Yeah, yeah. 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 on the Mandela. Dude, thing. I thought the Simpsons were black my entire life, dude. What was that? Because my color on TV, we didn't have color. It was just in black and white. So they had more of a tent to them. Yeah, well, the Homer's got Homer's got big old lips. Mars got an afro. You know what I'm saying? Whoa, yeah, but dude. Then when Whoa, I got the, dude. But then I got the color TV and I realized they're not black; they're Asian. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> yeah. Zing. Hey, hey, does, that, hey, does that joke do well on stage? It actually Just does. Hey, hey, it crushes. It, hey, it crushes in Alabama. <laughs> it crushes, bro. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Roll tide. Uh, Have you been to an Alabama game? Oh. I go every year. Oh, man, what a treat. Just absolute fucking studs down there. Nick Buddy. Saban's a goddamn genius. It is. He sucked in the NFL. Boy, he was not he was good in the terrible NFL. terrible in the NFL. But, you know, I don't think he was able, you know, he's, he's again, he's like a great teacher, right? And when you get to the NFL, they are fucking know. money, Jack. Yeah, like, yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. telling me anything. Yeah. And, and he likes shaping kids. I mean, look, you know, I went through the the Mike DeBose, the Mike Shula, the Mike Price years, right? Oh, yeah. So it, it was a lo- it'd been a while since Gene Stallings had rolled through there and won a Cincinnati. So to have Saban kind of come in in 07 and turn the program Oh, and around. now the SEC is the fucking greatest conference in fucking football Dude, right NFC, now. AFC, SEC, baby. That's it. But, I mean, basically, fuck. Yeah, and now with Texas and Oklahoma. Sports gambler? No, not anymore. You have kids and you stop all that <laughs> stuff. Yeah, buddy. Used He's to. He's a degenerate. Used gambler. to. You could just throw it all in Hawaii at the last game of the yeah, night, you know, yeah. and just fucking double oh, up. Chase, just chase pay, live just hit lines, the over. Dude. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> but oh, those man. days have passed. I bet on a coin flip. You know what I'm saying? I put <laughs> oh, 20 grand on a coin flip. Dude, I would, I would bet over two rats fighting over a Cheeto. You know what I'm saying? You know, as long as I can distinguish one from the other, I'm in. But other than yeah. that shit, young age, my grandpa used to take me to them fucking underground rooster fights in Louisiana. Oh, my God. What a treat that was. Yeah, it's different. They're, they're all illegal now. You got to do it in Mexico. Fucking pterodactyls, yes, them distant cousins of pterodactyls, just How, ripping I'm, each other. I apart. remember. <laughs> I remember driving up to his house for Christmas. Two hundred goddamn aluminum tin things standing over in a teepee size of roosters, all on chains, standing on each one. Two hundred throughout the yard. That so is the scariest had, creatures there are. The dude had fucking birds, and they—that's all he did was fight them birds. How common is that? It's big in the South where I was from, but then they made it illegal in Louisiana. Louisiana was like the big gambling state for it, and then you had to go to Mexico. But yeah, now, of, now it's the South. Do you have the one where they had the knives on their yeah, feet? It's always yeah, it's like that blade on the, the back. The blades leg. on the back. My granddaddy went. He flew over shit in like the early nineties. He flew over to fucking uh, uh, Taiwan, not Taiwan, uh, Bangkok, Thailand, Thailand, and different spots around Thailand. And he fought out there for like a year, and he made like two hundred thousand dollars in, in, in like so much that they gave him when he died I my mama got him they're the the razors but they're solid twenty four karat gold. He won a tournament, a big tournament and they're all just twenty four karat gold fucking shanks. It's badass. So he man. didn't bring his birds over there. Was he is he just Oh no he shipped his birds over there, buddy. <laughs> so I was gonna ask yeah. I was yeah, like, he I was gonna say there. is he did he just have a great eye for for I know a great fucking rooster when I see one. No like I'm sure like when the birds died it's because they sustained injury like you Usually, even when they win a fight, they still sustained life. Death. So he he had to make newer, but he, it was his training regimen. He just did weird shit with them. Like, yeah. Like he, what? He grabbed him by the I just fucking, see, I see him like a treadmill, he, right? He grabbed him by the back of the, it's uh, true. the yeah, legs, and he dragged them through the river water. 
And they'd have to, like, trying to get away from him fighting and build up, like, muscle tissue and shit. Like, he did that and he broke horses. And we used to break horses in the Brass River. We'd get them up to their neck and sit on top of them. Tough love. And, and they can't fucking do anything in the water because it's resistant. So, eventually, they're either going to fucking kill themselves or they're going to start listening to what you're doing. And that's how we do it because as he got older, he couldn't be in the round pain more. So, he took him out of the river. So, he started doing it with them chickens, dragging them fucking chickens in the water and, like, building up muscle tissue. And he did all kind of weird shit. I was little. I was, like, eight or nine. But I was like, what the fuck is going on? But we got them things hollering and screaming. We went a bunch of money. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Wow. Just yeah. had a glimpse into your... Yeah, yeah. No, I'm... A, yeah, I'm... I'm That's yeah. interesting yeah. fucking so upbringing, fucking, man. Yeah, hair, don't make the haircut fool you. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, I mean, no, I've got a similar haircut, but... No, I, I do love it. it. I do love... You got, you got that. Dude, you dude, got natural curls. Dude, here's the thing. We, I, did a, uh, I did a movie called Steel City, and we when I cut my shave the sides of my head, and it was and it almost was like this frohawk, kind of like the Patrick Mahomes, but this is like 2005. And uh, Ross called it the uh, Kentucky Waterfall. So that's what it always. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so that, time, that that look you got right now, that's, that's what we hit with the Kentucky Waterfall. The Texas tailgate, dude. Clean, yeah. you know what I mean? Crisp. Yeah. 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 Who, uh, what are the parties out like now? Because like, at some point you had to have gone to some fucking just banger parties. Yep, right? I before mean, it smartphones. Was, yeah. yeah, how does that work? Do people have to sign NDAs when they go to Hollywood parties now? I have no idea, man. I started having kids a while ago, you know, so the the Hollywood parties kind of stopped. Where'd you meet your wife? Is she from L.A.? Yeah, we yeah. met in Los Angeles, and, and like I said, she was just the first normal chick that I met, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. And she was, like, selling, like, children's, like, car seats and, like, really nice high-end, like, shit, and I was like what are you doing out here? And she's like, I was the fucking manager in Houston and they moved me out here to fucking try to get this store straight. And I'm like, she's from Houston. Yeah. yeah, What part? Uh, She grew up like in the woodlands. Oh, she has rich hair. It's beautiful. Well, no, hold on, hold on. (laughs) That's where her parents were recently, but now they've all moved to Alabama. But I forget when I went to her first house down on Pennybrook and it was on one of the beltways, it was not the Pennybrook, uh, baby. That's a nice area. <laughs> it may be to, now, yeah. He went to Crawford. His name was Clarence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, shit, I forgot what we were talking about. Who's, what's one of the most? Uh, oh, yeah, the I'm like, parties. I'm so hot, dude. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, oh, so my wife. That's what it was. I met my wife. Oh, it's a good story. <laughs> so this chick comes up to me at a party. It was one of the last parties I went to, and it was right after some like Teen Choice Award thing. And uh, me and my buddy are there getting drunk on free booze. And this chick I end up carrying her home on my back. And nice. uh, uh, nothing happens. I pass out drunk as hell. You know, I had the spin, so fucked up. And then wake up the next morning just trying to get out of the house because I don't know who this chick is, you know. So I'm like calling my buddy. I'm like, hey, can you come take this girl home? He's like, yeah, sure. I'm like, I'm going to pretend I'm going to an audition. And um, <laughs> I dip out, you know. Some things never change. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a test of time. <laughs> so I dip out and then fucking's up, you know. She, she, she called me. <laughs> Apparently I'd given her my number and, and she called me. I'm like, yeah, fuck, you know. It's a Tuesday. Let's hang out, whatever. She's like, can I bring? She goes, can I bring my friend? I'm like, yeah, sure, cool. Bring your friend. <laughs> her friend was my is my wife. So nice, she brought dude. the friend over, and I, I'm hanging out with her, and I'm like, oh, well, what do you do? Because this one wants to be an actress. I'm like, I fucking can't. I hate you. So I'm like, yeah, what yeah, do you? Yeah. And then she's like, baby. And then she's like, you know, I've got a little kid. I'm like, what? You have a child? You know, I'm 24. I'm like, how beautiful. You how know? old was she at the time? She's what three years older than me, so okay, she was twenty-seven. 27. Yeah, and um, and yeah, man, I, I went to go do this little movie called Love Song for Bobby Long uh, down in New Orleans, and uh, I came back in town, and uh, you know, so t- this is how long ago it was. I called her landline at the apartment, nice, and uh, I was calling Heather, but my wife Kiki picks up, and uh, I'm like, "Where's Heather?" She's like, "Oh, she's back in Texas," because they're both from Houston. 
And uh, I was like, what are you doing tonight? You dog. Look like a pivot. <laughs> we call that a pivot. <laughs> and I go, she's like, well, you know, I've got a friend coming over. And I was like, oh, well, I'll be at the dime on Fairfax, you know, if you change your mind. And she's like, yeah, okay. Well, I, I probably won't, you know, we're doing this. I was like, nah, whatever. So <laughs> I call up another chick, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm with this young lady who I just shot this film with and we're hanging out. And then here comes my wife. And she walks up and sits right next to me in the booth. Uh-uh. And, I, and I'm like, what's up? And she's hammered. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, let's dance. And I look at Lori and I'm like, yeah. And she's like, fine. And next thing I know, I just see Lori leaving the fucking bar. My wife is grinding on the back of me, hammered. And she took her home and True she love. left. Let's fucking go, boys, huh? <laughs> dude, you know never what it sounds left. like? You got the Kavorka. Dude. You got the Kavorka. <laughs> God damn it, Gary. It, it was more of like it. a true romance, you know? Yeah, kind of, you know uh, uh, but it was, yeah, man, it was L.A. It was that time we were dumb kids. and But we fucking, we found love. Fuck, and, dude, and that's And we've been awesome. together ever since. And that's now we're raising our kids really. on a farm, well, man. Yeah, look at y'all go. I mean, how many girls do you tell me that you love that much? All the time. You fucking, I mean, All it's the crazy. Yeah. Almost this guy falls in love like that. He has these fucking... Dude, I had fucking mom issues growing up, dude. You know, yeah. I mean, what are we doing here? We want to pull all my business out of the goddamn interweb. What are we doing yeah, here? That's dude? what this podcast is, dude. Yeah. It's a beautiful story, dude. That's how I'm going to go down to the Fairfax and meet some fine bitch, too, dude. Yeah. Look at me. We're going to the Fairfax. Yeah, baby. Well, I've never been in love. Uh, that's a lie, Gary. Uh, dude, just, I, I, I think he's just a hard shell. I think he has. I think he's got a big heart that loves easy, but he's got a fucking. There's a lot of pain behind that statement. Yeah, man. He's got yeah, behind that Empty suit. eyes. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of pain walking around with that fucking haircut. Dude, this shit's receding bad, bro. It's all the way back there, bro. I got, it's a high stress life I live. <laughs> nah, we'll oh, this is your head really well? Nah, perfect. They both kind of Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. He yeah. used to be my producer, and then, you know, whatever. Court. And so now, Georgia, my producer. Dude. When your podcast studio gets repoed, yeah, when you get repoed, you gotta go. Dude. No, no, the wow. bank's not coming for the house. Wow, wow. not if I sell it first. <laughs> well, what's uh? Let's get back into it though, real quick. I know we're having fun with Gary expense and his haircut and stuff, but um, your barber gave me this haircut. Yeah. What are you talking about? I mean, you can tell him no. Dude. <laughs> he said, hey, man, that's a little too high up. Uh, I'm trying to look no, respectable, dude. But was, like, I want to get into some, just some of the, the caveats of the industry, I guess. Who, what is, I mean, maybe, you don't have to mention by name, you don't, but you've obviously had to have worked with some fucking assholes, some divas, some people on set that are just miserable to work with. Can you, like, divulge a little bit of that or can you just tell us a story I just want to hear like what it's like actually because I want to do the whole filming thing I'm interested in that shit I just want to know what the the set atmosphere is kind of like I feel like people don't get to know what that is at day in and day out man I'm lucky because when I was in my my 20s I was working with other 20 year olds and oh, we were okay. all getting our first break so, so you're all excited to nobody be wants to fuck it up yeah 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 right yeah, no one yeah. wants to be late yeah and then as you kind of get older you start working with certain individuals, you know, that have kind of been around the block for a while. But I have to say from my experience, you know, whether it's Andre Brower or Benjamin Bratt or Travolta or Scarlett Johansson, any of these guys I've had the opportunity to share time with on screen, they're just lovely. And, That's and, fucking badass. And they're humbled and they, they get nervous because they want it to be great. And They're you know, still a real person. 
They're they're yeah. They're a professional, but they oh, still take their definitely. They still take their art serious, like like uh, to nail it. Yeah, they're definitely. Uh, you know, they're all real people, right? They've just been blessed with this opportunity to do a job that they adore. You know, kind of like what you guys are doing here. Like this is fun, man. To yeah. get to come to do this, and we're not digging ditches. You know, yeah. yeah. It's such a gift and a doing blessing. Construction or fucking cleaning pools or oil rig. So the only time I find dicks is when um, they're not any good at what they do. Some knowledge right there. Ooh, maybe I gotta quit being mean to people. Dude. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was oh, is that what you're getting? Oh my god! Why don't you dude. wear an appropriate shirt? We have to cut out the whole entire. Yeah, we gotta blur this. Can we now? stand up and let everybody see that you shirt? Made me, yeah, my midriff's fucking fire right now. <laughs> can we? Can we? Sit, can we just? That's that's the area. Look at that! I took a Seattle's earlier. Who signed it? So look, I was in this. I was in Nashville. Looks like you were at a concert. I went to. I went to this. Zanies in Nashville, and the reason I went out there and got that book is because I was doing the beer Olympics with these two guys that work with Barstool. They want, they both play for the Tennessee Titans. One's named Taylor Juan and Will Compton. They just retired, and they got this podcast called Busting with the Boys. Well, they put on the beer Olympics, and they got, got like 12 teams. It was like Jelly Roll, the boys from Midland, Kings of Leon, fucking uh, Tom Segura, Burt Crowley, like all these big dudes. And we're all on teams playing. Well, I got paired with this dude, my boy James Neal. Shout out, great fucking guy, terrible partner. But uh, like he played, he was an NHL guy, big NHL guy. So we were like the super villains. We played, we got last. Well, we got all pissed off. So he took that was Taylor Lewan's jersey all the way down, and he went in there and he cut it and wrote super villains on it. And I almost started a big fight. But yeah, it was from that. So that's that's where you get that from. That's fantastic. Uh, sponsor with him, but yeah, it was fun. Yes, that's crazy, dude. Yeah, that was a good time, dude. Yeah, and now Bobby time. has a hold of it somehow. <laughs> well, he, he let me use it. I let him morning. borrow it. Yeah. Well, yeah, he we, just we, was like, put this shirt on. We had like, because that. earlier in the show, we realized that he woke up naked. So yeah. he had yeah. something to be well, able to show. He tried to put on this goofy ass, like, fishing shirt. I'm like, dude, you wore that six days in a row. Dude, you smell homeless. Like, you look no, homeless. I smell like, good. It still smells good. It still smells like laundry. My armpits smell good. Dude, no, I, I that's, just, that's I'm not one of those bad used, smelling you're, guys. I'm you're used to one of your own scents, bro. Like, the rest of the people walk around, like, yo, man, what the fuck is that? You know what I'm saying? You smell like a fucking cave troll, dude. Look at dude. You just got back from fucking Canada. You smell like syrup. <laughs> you don't even breathe well. That's why you got fucking cleft palate, dude. That's because you're fucking not. Your breath's so hot out of your nose, you fucking loser. <laughs> I'm good, Christ. man. Thank you. I'm good too. Dude, we spo- weed's supposed to make you nice. Man. No, it does, man. I'm super nice. All right, so, baby, what all were you doing in Austin? Too. You come over here. Yeah, what, what are you doing down in the, the city? Just came, honestly, Ross. Uh, someone said uh, uh, the producers were. They didn't realize that I was friends with Ross, and they were trying. They're setting up podcasts and interviews as we do kind of press for this film. So they sent Ross a link uh, to the movie, and he called me up Friday night after the premiere. We we're in New Orleans last week, and he's like, "Dude, what the fuck?" I was like, "No, I'm in New Orleans. You know, just uh, hanging out." And I, I, I just didn't know how the film was going to do. I just didn't. I'd just seen the film, and you know, you make these things. And you don't know how to how much press to put behind it, right? Because you don't know if it's going to turn out the way that you. Yeah. Um, and I had not seen the film, so I just I, I, again I hadn't put a lot in. So I certainly wasn't calling my buddies, going, "Hey, you can't wait for you to watch my new thing." And also, I just don't do that shit. I'm not calling my buddies. To yeah. Watch my stuff. You know. So um, yeah. So he called me up and he's like, "Man, I love the movie, and would you come out here and do a show? And I can set you up with a couple other podcasts. And we were going to do, you know, uh, Rob O'Neill's. And I was like, "Yeah, man, that would be great." So we jumped on a plane. 
fucking yesterday, man. Christ what movie? Well, what, are we, what are we promoting here? Let's get so I've got a film uh, coming out called The Channel. Channel. Uh, and it's an action film that Max Martini and I star in. We play brothers uh, that are ex-military, uh, special forces. And, um, oh, are you going to like pull up a little trailer here? Fuck yeah, dude. Yo, that's got me fucking jazzed up, bro. <laughs> I'm hard as a rock right now. Yeah, July 14th. We're Yo, let's fucking go. Yeah, I'm bopping now, dude. That was fucking badass. Yeah, Reminded me of the town. Yeah, yeah the that's, town that was exactly with Ben Affleck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was seeing. That shit was tight. More exciting, though. Yeah. That's true. awesome, man. So, yeah, you know, look. It, you, we shot this thing. Uh, so we could kind of do it our, you know, these guys. We've been trying to do things our way, meaning... You know, you do these. You have to sometimes do smaller budgets so that you can kind of have you don't have the oversight of the studios and so forth. So we went in kind of from an indie perspective on the film. I mean, some of those guys have never even <coughs> acted before, you know. And um, this director, Will Kaufman, is just a great guy, and he's smart, and he's able to create an environment that's very safe. And uh, he he created a badass. Like you talk about '90s action films, eighty. In it, yeah. No, this, I, I was, that's getting, his, I was getting that That's vibe. what he. That's his fucking shit, man. That's all he wants. Would to you make. agree that that's almost like the method of somebody in his role, like to find people who haven't acted, because it's almost like they're not yet steered a certain direction. They're like more just real. They could just be this real person on camera. I think that's fair. I, th I think sometimes it's 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 by necessity as well, though. When you have when you have limited resources, you want to make sure that a majority of it ends up on the screen, right. right? What you don't want is to waste all of your money on things that no one will ever see. Trailers, actor salaries, you know, uh, steak for lunch and that kind of stuff. So, you know, like I said, when I want to make a movie for 30 grand, no one's getting paid. So what I do is I just distribute the points. So it's like, hey, we're all going to eat ham sandwiches. And if one of us started eating steak, we all eat steak. You know what I mean? And you just distribute those points. So that's funny you said. I don't even know if I can talk about this. But like the when I go film for that show in uh, in South Carolina, they was saying that they don't, I'm only going to pay like 250 or 300 bucks a day, but they're giving me points on the back end. Right. With it. Like that's going to be in the contract. So that's what that means. It's like. I mean, it can mean different things. You know, for me, I've had points on the back end a million times, and I've never seen a dollar. Yeah, okay? that's always just, right. <laughs> just Well, and it's because an accountant, an accountant can go in, and they can doctor those studio numbers in a way that, you know, you're never going to see anything. As a result of being treated that way, when I call my buddies, because the last movie I just took to Tribeca that I produced was uh, Jeffrey Morgan from The Walking Dead, Jordan Anniversary from Fast and the Furious, and me and Michael Raymond James, and... You know, these guys come because it's not me going, hey, I'm going to give you back end points. It's me going, hey, there's 100% of this pie. 50 of it goes to the investors. I'm taking this other 50 and I'm breaking it up between the director, the writer, the cast. So when we sell this film, the investors make their money back. We are cutting this up. And there is no, well, we got to pay. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, uh, uh, charge this and we have this cost and I had this PR. None of that. This is the money we made and we're all going to get some. And that's how we've been doing it for the last five years. Fuck yeah, yeah, dude. That's a yeah. I've never yeah. That's super tight. Yeah, well, look. I mean, you go through. You, you go. Th you, like I said, I went through the industry for twenty years, and then you know after Lethal, I was like, okay, I've got to figure out. It was almost like being seventeen again. I'm like, I got to figure out what is it that I really want <coughs> from this, and how can I get back to why I moved to Los Angeles, and that's telling good stories with people that I love, and everyone who's there wants to be there. Because I can tell you, you know, when I was on Rectify, it was a little series for, that we did for Sundance Channel and AMC. Every single day, every actor showed up. I'm so prepared and so enthusiastic 
to do the best work humanly possible. When we're having a phone conversation, the actor who's not even in the scene would show up to set to sit right there and actually have the conversation while you're pretending to talk on the phone. It was that kind of dedication. And then to go to a network show that's on Fox on Tuesday nights, nobody gave a fuck. And it just broke my heart. So so that was what led me to probably the question I'm most interested to ask you is, uh, so what happened at Lethal Weapon? I think it was just that. I came in with, I'd never been on the side of a bus what before. Was, what was the story? What actually, like, you, you were fired? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah. And publicly humiliated, you know. But it's, it's, I came in, I came in with just finished Rectify. Five years on the show, shooting in Griffin, Georgia two-hour drive from my farm. I was living this very fulfilled artistic life. And Lethal was something that I was not interested in. I passed on it four times. And they offered me so much money at being a father, I couldn't say no. And I just figured, okay, if I've got to step into these shoes of one of the most iconic characters of all fucking time, and in my opinion, one of the best actor-directors we have in the industry, it was super intimidating. So I put a lot of work into it, and I was I was I was very committed, and so was my so was my co-star in the pilot. But when we screened the pilot, something changed, and he no longer was there. So I'd gone from working with people who were showing up on days that they weren't even on the schedule just to be giving to another actor, to a guy showing up who hadn't read the script, late and doesn't want to be there. And and you're I'm over here thinking this is my big break in a lot of ways. And again, you know, I'd never been on the side of a building or a bus and my parents are excited and you know, I have different I had a different um, world at that time, you know, where I had a huge family that was all had supported me. So I didn't want to let anybody down, including freaking you know Donner and and uh, and Gibson and those guys who created such an iconic film, you know, and and, and early on. So um, that just didn't jive with people who were kind of pumping out content. They just really wanted me to show up and say my lines, and I wanted to make this guy fun. So I made it more complicated because my character was running around the set and always doing dumb shit and like what I thought was rigs. It just made for a long shoot, and it pissed my co-star off. And um, I just had a choice, you know. They were like, "You've." They kept telling me, "If you don't fucking just play ball, just say your lines, like stop being." I mean, they were calling me an ass clown, Damn. and it was just embarrassing, you know, because I was trying really hard just to make the show great. And I'll never forget the head of the studio said, "The show's great. It's just are you going to be here?" And I was like, "Damn, I don't think that's the case, but okay." Because I just felt like I, you know, and look, I could have gone and made a whole big stink about it, but instead, I went and made a movie for thirty grand. I took it to Sundance, and and I'm working with literally so many people from that show. Like Jordana was in Lethal with me, you know, my hair and makeup girl, my my a lot of my crew are scripty. Like a lot of these people are still with me, and you know, because we all kind of saw what it was, and for them to kind of create this narrative, super difficult. But I just had to part of what my dad right he's like you know your actions speak louder than your words so just go back to work and go make movies and everything else will sort itself out and I feel like as a result of that really challenging experience um, I'm now doing it the way that I've always wanted to do it and look 
don't get me wrong. Uh, they've got audio of me lighting up an AD where I'm getting in his fucking ass because we'd been shooting the same scene for about eight hours and it was a big stunt and there's a guy with a gun to his head the whole time because when you watch the audio, there's a guy, it's not me because the actor wasn't on me. I was furious because they could not, they would not give this young actor the opportunity he deserved to do the work that he was trying to do in a scene that was his biggest scene in the episode. And this ass, this, this first AD, He's a guy that wanted, all he cared about was cigarettes and talking to the female extras. He didn't give a shit about what he did. And I lit his ass up. Well, that audio is what they used to say that I was a bad seed. Oh, wow. So, it, it, it is what it is, but again, those guys aren't going to do anything. The show got canceled after I left. They tried to do it without me with Sean William Scott, who is a great guy, and none of this is his fault. But the show failed because the other guy didn't want to be there. And instead of them standing up to him, they were terrified of him. Right, right. And they figured if they run me off, then they can keep doing this. Because they just said, I mean, you know, we can get any white guy to come in here and be an idiot. And I'm like, damn, that's crazy. I was like, damn. Right. So, you know, man, it's all good. I, I, I love the industry. I've worked with some, I'm working with Paramount right now on a film, and they're wonderful human beings. And, uh, I'm so grateful to have gone through what I did because I don't think I appreciated it the way I do now. Fuck yeah. I think I took it for granted, you know. I was 40 when I got fired, so it was like this awesome turning point, man. You know, you hit 40 and I got canned and everyone knew and like my grandparents were sad. And you were like, fuck it. Fuck, you go. I mean, I was butthurt for about a, about a week. And then... <laughs> <laughs> Real butthurt. I was like, I was like, oh god, I'm never gonna work again. And then my wife's like, we got a lot of money from that goddamn thing. Go make a movie. Yeah. Nice. And I was like, uh, but I didn't that's take a, much. I'm like, I'll, right take, I'll take thirty. I'll take thirty grand and just see what happens. And then we just got lucky, man. Right. We got lucky, yeah, man. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and like I said, now I've got these. I've got a great project coming out with uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Ben Foster and Jenna Ortega uh, in nice. the fall. Uh, it's called The Finest Kind with um, Brian Hagelin directing who, you know, he wrote Mystic River and, yeah, yeah, and uh, L.A. Confidential and he directed 42. Dude, let's fucking go. So it's like, you know, it's, um, and it was great. I remember when I met him and everybody's like, look, everybody's nervous because, you know, you got canned and he wants to, you know, <laughs> so I was like, well, so I have a Zoom meeting with him and I just kind of, in a very brief kind of quick, I just kind of explained who I was and. I said, I just want to address the elephant in the room, you know, and after I kind of say what I said, he goes, nah, just the mouse in the room. Let's go to work. I'll see you in Boston. And it was like, okay. You know what I mean? Fuck yeah, dude. Let's just, let's all just keep moving. And, yeah, dude, that's know. dope. That's a good confidence vote right there, though. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So, you know, just you're like, you know, Yeah, fuck yeah. And that all industries are challenging and you're going to have ups and downs, but it's just, again, like sports, right? You don't quit. You keep yeah, going. Right. No, that's right. what it, but like, hey, you said, it's almost like that ultra enlightenment you get from that kind of experience, you know what I mean? To where it like brings you into yourself. It's yeah. fucking wild. Like you said, you like turn 40. It's like yeah. you were butt hurt for a week, but now you're fucking doing it the way you want to do it, which it's like. I feel that way. And I feel that there's a lot of guys out there doing it their way. Again, I go back to Taylor Sheridan. Just, you know, I, 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 I just love what this guy's doing. And, um, yeah, man, it gives you confidence, doesn't it? And, and uh, it's yeah, you exciting. Just, you can't quit, man. I've been fired from every job I've ever had, <laughs> and I uh, just didn't quit. And now I'm fucking on this great podcast. You know what I mean? That's right. That's and right. For hey, now. Hey, for and now. you're doing. My hair's falling out. <laughs> my kid. Just you're don't do quit, man. <laughs> you're doing compelling street interviews. You're really getting down the root of the province. Really going down here in Austin. Why don't you? Why don't you share with our guest here? What? 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 Tell us. Tell us. Walk us through the poop girl, because no one's really. No, All we right, haven't dude, really so had a chance. We haven't had a discussion. I actually do have like legitimate journalism. I do. 
do. <laughs> it's like, you know, it, it's a little bit, it's, it's a little bit boring sometimes. So I'll go out on the street and do street interviews and just ask people random, random questions, sometimes political, sometimes it'll be, I'll be with like a porn star and we'll just show her tits or something. But recently, uh, there was this girl, she's 23, 24, 25, something like that, mid twenties on sixth street stripper. down in Austin. Stripper, right? Stripper. Yeah. yeah. Gary, that's how Gary knew her. And she, <laughs> yeah, well, we're not gonna talk about that, but she, uh, she, this guy was getting arrested, and she thought that a way to protest this guy getting arrested was to go roll around in horse shit that was in the street from the horse cops, the Mounties, uh, the, the horses. And uh, she just covered herself in horse shit, and I asked her why she did it, and she said to, to stop that guy from getting arrested, and that she was totally sober. So that's the kind of stuff that I do, man. It's real hard-hitting <laughs> shit. Highbrow. <laughs> Highbrow, lowbrow, dude. Yeah, that's what we do, baby. Highbrow, lowbrow. I've walked that line, dude. Yeah. I'm just high as shit right now. Yeah, you look like I was going to say that earlier. I just see uh, yeah, I got lost, the whites, I got lost in this conversation, uh, dude. It fucking enveloped. Well, dude, that the story with that the, the audio too is fucking crazy. Like when they when they I wanted to ask you this. I didn't know if we were going to end or not, but like what did they show the audio to you? Or, oh, no, but after it ha- after it happened. So here's the thing. So the director quit and the director was best friends with my co-star and I hated this director. Uh, he was right. he'd been there a couple of times and he was great at drama he did not understand comedy he didn't understand action so he kept just putting me in really dangerous situations and two years before i'd been injured uh doing this movie for netflix called spectral i had a four piece inch of glass went into my armpit i went through a glass oh my god severed my uh oh my god musculaneous tendon so basically i don't have like part of my bicep or tricep and i can't feel from my elbow to my wrist so i was super nervous when i was coming into this severe nerve damage uh, I have I, the nerve uh, was severed, and when they reconnected it at Penn Medical, and I was in Budapest when it happened. So they oh. took the glass out there. I couldn't feel my arm. They're like, "Well, shit, let's fly you to Penn Medical in, in Pennsylvania." I flew into or Philly, uh, Pennsylvania, and I flew in, and um, they they went in and they reattached the nerve, but there had just been so much scar tissue, so it's never regenerated. So right, I okay. have complete atrophy in my left arm and uh, very limited strength. But I mean, I can do pull ups and push ups, and I'm, I'm still very active and can live my life, but. Um, you can tell when you look at it, it almost looks like my granddad's arm, right? You know, <laughs> like in shape, but really thin. Right? So when I went into the job, I was just super nervous um, about the stunts, but I wanted to do them all. And this guy was, he just didn't get it. So he quit. The studio made me pay for his salary and I had to hire a new director Wait, to come in. How does oh, that dude. fucking work? How did that make sense? Because it was like, it was just, it's a, it's a, the system, man. The system is a funny thing. The system, so. man. I've said that yeah, a time or two in my I've fucking life. I've said that several it times in my life. That's why you slid on that independent shit. That's yeah. how you right. come up. That's so how I look, I did it. it, and it was all good, you know? And it's, uh... Well, look, dude, I got $140,000 coming in in August. I mean, let's make a movie. What are we doing here, boy? Yeah, I mean, hey, if you ever have a... <laughs> yeah, you know I'm saying? Let's fuck. You ever oh. have a spare thirty grand, dude? I need a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> dude, how much do you charge? How much does your mom charge you an hour? Wow. All right, dude, Mr. High Guy over here. No, that's funny, though. Wow. I'm sorry, that was off time. Hey, that was so uh, it's been great, though, dude. Yeah, it's been a good time. It's a system, man. Hey, that's show business, baby. The system, that's man. show business, baby. Show business, baby. That's what I should have said in court. <laughs> I think you dropped hella knowledge, bro. I was definitely listening. I was tuned the fuck into what yeah, you're saying. No, that's oh, just, I really honestly appreciate it. You're one of the, Look, the, I, I like, like when we do the serious ones. Like, we do a lot of funny ones and goofy ones, but I like the serious ones where we actually learn some shit, too. Yeah. yeah. That one's good. Yeah, yeah, especially given that this is our industry that we're all sort of working into. This isn't the kind of episode where, you know, you put on, like, fake tits or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you bought we those. We did that once. You bought those. 
I, got, I got drunk. Me and him got you drunk and bought a pair of fake like like drag tits. They feel real, dude. It's actually really. They're beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> like at like perky thirty six C's. You know what I mean? Just wow. fucking nice little bubble gum. And he insisted tits. on putting them on in the podcast. Insisted on it. And we did. It was a good episode. <laughs> I would imagine. I would imagine great views as well. Hey, you know, yeah. I had a lot of blurring of the uh, the. Even though they're fake, I think even I though you're fake, you had to blur it. I, w- I just didn't want to get a shadow. It's probably band. funnier though to blur it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We put it on the Patreon, like, yeah. not blurred. But uh, where can the people find you? Where can everybody locate you? What, are, um... buddy? I'm on a farm in Alabama. I don't. You don't have Instagram. My or... wife helps out. Does some social media, but it's all just promoting movies that I'm working on and stuff okay, like that. Okay, where can people find the movie at, on YouTube or? Oh or yeah, so the channel this Friday. Uh, what is that? The 14th. Yeah. Is that uh, so? You can find it everywhere from, I mean, anywhere you get content from Amazon, iTunes, uh, Google Play. Um, you Channel know. 13. Channel 13, God. WBRC. Tomorrow night at midnight, dude. Yeah, um, tomorrow at midnight. That would be amazing if you could plug it that way, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, anywhere you download stuff. And then it's playing in select cities like Dallas, uh, New Orleans, L.A., New York, San Fran, Seattle, something like that. So. Fuck yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, but thank you guys for tuning in. Always make sure to get your cat uh, spayed or neutered. Shout out Bob Parker.